But you're you have the natural hot sauce. You you are. <clears throat> I want to be like you when I grow. Sriracha. Sure. Oh, 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 nicely played, sir. Welcome to the Medicast. I'm Bob Galen. Ooh, kicking it off. I'm yeah, Josh baby. Anderson. Yeah. This is exciting. This is exciting. I'm taking the lead. Wow. I'm tired of you stepping all over me, Josh. <laughs> I'm tired of not getting a word in edgewise. Are you really? Yeah. Really? Today I'm going to make I'm going to endeavor to talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you'll have trouble with that, sir. <laughs> no. Can you imagine me taking it up a notch? What does that look like? Josh will fall asleep. I will just just set my headphones down, turn the microphone off. Take a off, nap. He'll take a nap, Metacasters. Walk out. Yeah, come back. Get a sandwich. Get, that would be cool. Take a break. Yeah. Smoke, smoke them if you got them. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then come on back. Yeah. I'll finish it up. You Just time it right, and I'll, I'll just tee it back to you. About 30 to 40 minutes, come back. and. Yeah. Yeah, I'll even probably use multiple personalities, multiple voices. <laughs> we'll have a panel discussion. We should do, we got to try that. No, we, should, we don't need to try that. Uh, so, Josh, what are we going to talk about today? Uh, so, I want to ask you a question. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. No. Jeez. A question. Now I'm scared. Metacasters, I'm puckering up over here. <laughs> so, one of the things that we're working through is, as an organization, we're about a year old. Um, we took the MVP approach, the minimum viable product approach to everything, including the organization. So, the one thing that we didn't have fully fleshed out, I had it in my head but not fully defined because we didn't need it yet, was the career path and how folks grow and promote and right. get bigger, better, whatever they want to do, right? Have that fully fleshed out. So we have that. You Did you define a career path? Yeah. Okay, yeah. But, but you initially started with none? Correct. So everyone was just like an engineer or yeah. a tester or you had a default job title for them or something? And that was intentional because Everybody had been here for like six months. Were the were the salary ranges like really wide though? Probably. Well, because you had to compensate we, so senior people for senior stuff. We had engineer one, two, and three. Oh, you and oh, that's so you had, okay. So we had that, but then what happens beyond that? Okay, so you had a minimalistic ladder. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So we had basically three levels to replicate the three levels of engineers that we planned on hiring. Did testers fall into that as well? Engineer. Everybody's an engineer. Oh. So Okay. Software engineer, quality engineer. We never talked about this. Oh, that's pretty yeah. cool. So, yeah, you, so, so you dovetailed everyone. So if I'm a scrum master, I became one of those. If I'm a tester, I became one of those. If I'm a BA or UX designer, I you dovetailed everyone into those roles. The approach I took, I took a pretty firm stance with this of we're all engineers. We're all building something. Now, the, the way we've taken it from here on that version 1.0, because we were pretty beta with our yep, org, yep. you know, what we did is is I looked at the three things that we had a chance to build from scratch when we all came on board. One was a product. Yep. Yeah, we gotta do that. Two was a process. Yep. And three was a team. An organization. Right, right. so yeah. we had to build those three things from scratch. And those are the three paths that people can choose to go down. So I can continue down the product path, yep. be an engineer, architect, whatever that looks like. Yep. Go down the process path, scrum master, agile coach, Okay. Wherever that goes. Or go down the team path, more towards the management side. 
Oh, got it. Okay. Right. So you're working on building great teams, working on building a yeah. great process, working on building a great product. I can't believe we never talked about this, Josh, in the Metacast. Well, here we are. I mean, I can't, because I, don't, I don't think we ever talked about it. That's sort of interesting. I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Because you were like, you know, sort of minimal viable everything yeah. in the beginning i remember you were trying viable bureaucracy well you were product, you were really concerned everything. because you had come from high, heavy you know bureaucracy yeah and you were trying to do something like new and novel here right okay so what's your so, question with that we i i threw this out in our discussions that you start you you come in as an engineer one engineer two and then that's that fork in the road so after Say one's a junior. We'll just treat that as a junior. Then two's kind of a mid. You've got your chops. You can tackle most things. And then you traditionally have a fork in the road of, do I want to continue down this path? Do I want to dip my toes into management, into process? And so we talked about, is that the right time? Yes or no, we argued, and we'll continue to argue about that. But I said that I felt like it was unrealistic to expect someone that was a junior engineer to be an effective scrum master. I felt like they had to progress, not just from a software perspective, but just how teams work, how software is built, how businesses work, all of those things to get those experiences in place so they could effectively become a scrum master. So I wanted to throw that out to you of, what do you think are the prerequisites for being a functional scrum master? And are there shortcuts? I think I know the answer. Um, what what things do you think would define a nice career path for someone aspiring to be a scrum master? Is it a job? Is it a role? Is it an industry? Well, things like that. Man, that's a lot of. That's, so you're overloading the questions. So well, we can scale so back. Keep, so keep me on. No, no, I think yeah. this is. So keep me on track because I'm I'm old and I may forget like the the <laughs> questions you just asked. But, let's but start the key with, is can, how uh, what. What's the entry point for a scrum master to come in and be a scrum master and make a difference? Well, we'll get there, but let's talk about what is it that's, I subscribe to it being a job. Right. I think it's a job. Uh, a I single job. It's a single job. It, not it, a scrum master and an engineer. It's not an and. It's, it's, a, it's an amplification. Mm -hmm. it's a, I am a scrum master. Uh, at iContact, we hired scrum, as, as an example, and I'm not shoving iContact down anyone's throat but I put my money where my mouth was mm -hmm. because I had budget for an engineering department mm -hmm. and literally I had to pay. So I had to say, I'm not going to hire testers and developers. I'm going to hire scrum masters. Right. And we had to hire product owners as well. So as we grew teams, there was a head count and we hired, uh, and we, we did this from the beginning. Uh, initially they were just scrum masters. They didn't have a one, two, three. Mm -hmm. So we did what you did for engineers when we were just beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, but they were a scrum master, they were a job. Uh, it was a full-time job. Uh, they had a job description. Uh, we worked really hard, we had an HR system, so you know those mapping, where you have to map it to salary ranges and things like that, and I don't know if you guys do that here, but you're in a lot of HR organizations, they right. have like salary levels yeah. or market analysis, and you have to do a mapping between your internal structure and an external equivalent. Right. We struggled finding a, a match that we we liked uh, we ended up having it uh, attached to project manager I think mm -hmm. but they were high paid project managers because we uh, so so that brings up another thing uh, from an engineering perspective our, our scrum masters I think you pay them uh, a lot 
they're not so they're not uh, junior level engineers. Right. Uh, they're not cheap project managers. We we paid as much for the scrum masters as we did for a senior developer. Uh, so a number three, not a number one and a two like right. you were talking about. For, so a three or a what I would call like a a medium level architect. Mm -hmm. We we paid equivalent salaries like that for them. So it's a job, it's a role, it's full time. We overloaded them, we gave them two teams. Mm -hmm. uh, no more than two teams. Right. Uh, if we had a scrum master in training, uh, meaning let's uh, say a tech lead who wanted to be, who wanted to try it, we would actually split the tech lead 50-50 uh, and say you're only for, for a temporary period of time. Right. We usually said six months. We'll let you try out half and half, tech lead, team lead, uh, let's call that a senior developer right. here. And we said you can try out Scrum Mastery for one team, so it's half and half. It would not be your team. We prefer that someone didn't Scrum Master their own team, mm -hmm. although some people did, but we, we preferred that they didn't. And in six months, they had to make a choice. They had to decide which way. So right. they either went back to uh, development lead mm -hmm. or, or they became a full-time Scrum Master. Right. Um, actually, in three years, we never had someone who chose that path if that makes sense. Never chose to continue down the Scrum Master path? They never chose okay. people, we probably out of 20 people that tried that, um, maybe 15 to 20 people that tried that path, none of them opted out of their core uh, track, if mm -hmm. you will. They wanted to, and their love, their initial right. love, they loved doing, they loved writing code. So right. we, we didn't force anyone to do that. Um, but so that's the job. Do you have, do you want to challenge me on that or disagree or anything? No, I think, then we can get into skill sets and peel that back. Yeah, so I think we need to dig into that a little bit more because some of the things that I've seen out there in the world is a undervaluing, and I've admitted this to Richard, our Scrum Master, that, that I devalued the Scrum Master role until I saw him in action and saw what a real Scrum Master, because I never really had one, okay. right? And okay. I kind of filled that role, so I'm yeah. like, well, I can do it, you know? and. and and seeing him, so you've that, got a you've got a quote unquote real one, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And seeing the difference that that has made, so that's, that's what we were hiring. Eyes. So that's what we were, and then we can talk about what what does a real one look like, right? Which is your core question, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And and how do you get there? So that's what I was trying to do. We okay. were investing in real ones. Now we hire them. We we put put out. I actually have a uh, an ad that we put uh, online, mm -hmm. uh, sort of a funny ad that we came up with that we were talking about what we were looking for, what were the key attributes. Right. Uh, if if you want, we could post that with this cast. Sure, that'd be cool. Um, but it was, you know, what did we, what were we looking for in our Scrum Masters? We did the same thing for Agile testers and mm -hmm. Agile developers. Uh, so it, we had a job description. Over time, we actually had to. I think it's the same thing challenge you're encountering now is as, as we had scrum, different, as we hired scrum masters, some of them rose to the top. Mm -hmm. And some of them were senior, let's call them, they wanted to know what's the next thing for me. Right. Uh, so we had some that were inexper less experienced and some that were really experienced. Mm -hmm. I remember Maureen, I'll just name, Maureen Green is a scrum master that worked with us and she works at Deutsche Bank now. And she's still, I mean, she's been a scrum master for over 10 years. Mm -hmm. She's not, and it, she's not a one, she's not a neutral number. Right. She's a senior-ish scrum master, whatever you want to call her. Mm -hmm. And and we had to define different levels. So towards the end of, of my tenure there, we, we did that. We created a, a track for scrum masters, like a one, a two, and a three, or something like that, and a four. Mm -hmm. 
we actually converted them to not converted, but I think the four was starting to become a coach. Right. So we started to look at scrum mastery levels. Yeah. And then we and then we started to use the word like agile coach or right. enterprise level coach for. Yeah, that that's similar to the path that I've got laid down now. For for Richard or yeah. as you as you grow teams. Yeah. So let's dig in. What this. So I'd like to talk about the transition from non scrum master to scrum master A because that's where I see a lot of missteps and a lot of people trying things. It feels like a lot of folks are trying to take the cheap way out. What's the cheap way? Um, not fully investing in someone that has all the skills they need to oh, be everyone. fully I, successful. I, I encountered this in my coaching. Clients, if you're listening, I apologize in advance. I will not name any of you, but uh, I, I would, in my limited exposure, Although I'm a pretty, which active, is not that limited. I'm a pretty active right. coach, and I and we, you and I speak at conferences, right. so we get a sample rate that way. I would say that eighty percent of the companies cheap cheapen Scrum Mastery, mm-hmm. and I'm not exaggerating. I'm probably being kind. Right. I think it's probably closer to ninety percent. What I mean by cheapen it is they uh, they won't pay for certifications. They uh, they want to overload people. They'll um, They'll name developers. Some companies are very skewed. Only developers can become Scrum Masters. <laughs> only team leads, only developer team leads can become Scrum Masters. And then they declare them to be Scrum Masters, but team leads and architects. Right. So now those those poor folks have two or three different jobs. Right. Uh, sometimes those folks are working on two teams. So now they, are, they're, they have three roles on two teams. So they have six roles that they're spread. So they cheapen... It's not just do they cheapen the the view, but they dilute the people so catastrophically from right. my perspective uh, that all they get, what they get when they do that is they get someone who calls meetings, uh, stands in front of the team at a stand-up, and that's about it. Yeah, and, and I agree with that. I've done that, right? So I am guilty as charged. I did that multiple times. Um, and my shame, eyes, shame I, yep, on you. My eyes have been opened, and I, I get it. That's why, a couple times over the past year, I think you'll, you'll hear a common theme from me as you listen to the podcast of, the eye opening thing where like, holy cow, this is really, really cool and really beneficial for the whole group the to whole have group. someone like this. The whole group, the organization, for you as right. a leader. Right. It's someone to, and I'm not trying to, I'm not rubbing it in. I'm actually right. amplifying because I'm, you can tell that I'm passionate about this, right. right? It's for you as a leader. It gives you someone to hold on to, to anchor on to. I talk sometimes about scrum masters. I ask them to have, to schedule. I just did this the other day with a client. I was talking to scrum masters uh, or a client or a webinar or something. And I was saying, I was reminding them. I said, I like it when scrum masters schedule a coffee hour with their managers of their team members weekly mm-hmm. and what I want them to do is establish a partnership with their leadership team and to start talking and helping you to figure out how the team is growing so right. they're they talk to you for example they talk to you about the steps they're taking to grow the team mm-hmm. and they talk to you about the steps you can take to help them grow the team mm-hmm. you know what I'm they're not supplanting you they're not a manager they're not replacing right. you they're partnering with you yeah that, that that third party has been a tremendous value as we've rapidly grown is having someone else there another set of eyes and ears that has 
been down similar paths that I've been that has led teams, led people, understands it can help make those little nudges, the, the small course corrections as we go. And do them suddenly and do them effectively and mm-hmm. do them courageously. And this goes back to something I think you said earlier, can a junior engineer do it? And I think the answer is no, uh, because it's not an, a software role but it is a, an experienced role. Yeah. And I, I think very few people, junior engineers, someone one year out of college, right. I don't think they have the, you know, the respect of the team or the, or the professional chops or the soft skills or the runway, right? I'm sure Richard has, Richard's been there and done that before, right? right? That, that, ha, that, bear, that sort of shows credibility or gains credibility with the team. Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, anyone that I was doing when it was those roles that I contact, uh, it was always a senior engineer. It would have never been a junior to mid-level engineer. Mm-hmm. I always looked at it as a senior engineer. It had nothing to do with software development. I was looking at their influence capability. Right. I was looking at their ability to communicate. I was looking at their ability, like a senior engineer who could have, would be working with the team and have three different architectural ideas and, and actually step out and facilitate their team to make a decision. Right. And if they have that ability and they can show that off, then I start a light bulb starts going off. And I'm like, they have a, they have the potential to be a scrum master. Yeah. So that's where I was drawing that line in the sand that anything beyond an engineer two requires those leadership skills to be able to really become that senior whatever or a scrum master or a manager or team lead, whatever those titles look like. But once you get beyond that to really take that next step in the orgs that I like to run its leadership takes over doing all those things that you that you just talked about and I don't think you can be a good scrum master without doing any of that no I agree oh I remember where I said the uh, the partnership thing it was in the scrum master focus group mm-hmm. was the, the meeting that Richard is facilitating locally right. uh, and we, we were talking you know we were talking about sort of attributes some questions came up and we were just having some discussion but uh, the other thing that came up there is certifications. Um, and someone, I, I think I may have offended someone, I did, not strongly, but. You would never. I didn't try to. But, so I don't like, I don't like sending people to certification. So let's say you are a three right. or whatever. You're a senior engineer and you want to be a scrum master. So the first thing I do is I throw you into a two-day, so here's, here's a path. Right. I throw you into a two-day scrum master class. A common class. path that does not work well. And this is, this is again, this is the 80 per, if the people send them to certs, this is what they do. You know, they, they magically declare someone to be a scrum master, then they shoot them off as quickly as they can to a two-day certification class. The minute that poor schmuck or schmuckette comes back, what do they do? They throw right. them into a team or two or three or four mm-hmm. and say, you're scrum mastering the entire organization. Lead us out, you know, out of the valley of waterfall into the promised land of Agile. Right. That's you, you, you had the two-day certification. Yeah. And I don't think that works. I think that's shameful as well. I, have you seen, you've seen that? Yeah, I'm it's sure. not fair to anyone. No. Not at all. And, and I think that's where a lot of, we've talked about in the past, Agile jumping the shark that people see that and they blame Agile for not working and it's all those poorly executed transitions that make Agile look bad. So this is a prime example of where that's happened. Of That's a that's a hefty job to have to come in and do. I mean, you, you 
get hired as a coach to come in and lead that. And it's not easy out right. there, ladies and gentlemen, right? And I'm not whining about it, but it requires experience. I mean, I have 30 to 35 years of active more, 35 years of active software development experience, 25 years of leadership experience. Mm -hmm. I use every freaking minute of that in my right. coaching. And I still, <laughs> I still get beat about the head uh, because it's hard. Right. And here we, what, we throw someone in after a two-day class and say, here, be successful. Right. Shame on us as, as whoever's doing that. Shame, to some degree, shame on the trainers for jazzing those people up. Sometimes I think the, the trainers, you know, they do this two-day class and no one says, it's, you and I were talking a little while ago that it's just a learner's permit. Mm -hmm. We should say that if you, if you did take this path, those, those, scrum, those newly minted scrum masters do not have a driver's license. They should not be able to drive by themselves. Mm -hmm. they, should have, they should have a learner's permit and they should need someone to be in the car with them, an experienced scrum master, an experienced coach for six months. Right, yeah, so I'd like to talk about that because I did like the approach that you were taking at iContact because we were talking about how, how do we set up an apprenticeship or how do we set up some way for somebody to try things out because you don't want to have them well it's an all or nothing thing and you jump yep. without really knowing everything so we because like management is one of those classic things where maybe you want to do it but maybe you get into it and you're like holy crap this people management correct. stuff really sucks correct so i just want the heck out of here so how do we provide at that fork in the road a way for folks to operate as an apprentice to learn to really have an opportunity to do that without being fully committed and then I thought it was cool that you had a there's a decision point after X number we, of months we were real clear with that the other thing we were clear on, on entry remember here where we signed that sheet yeah to said say that we wouldn't hold it against you we we almost signed a sheet to say if you either way you decide we will not hold it against you in any way right uh, so let's say someone you know we wanted them to be a scrum master and we were disappointed. Mm -hmm. We promised everyone on entry that no matter, so not only do you have a, or will we have a decision in six months, but we will honor either way you go. Right. So if you go back, you, you know, you're going to get exactly the role you had. Mm -hmm. It's sort of coming back from maternity leave or something. There's no, you don't ding anyone for anything like that. Uh, you don't try to twist their arms just because you as a manager right. think and they could be. They could be an outstanding scrum master, right? They mm -hmm. have or potential. But they may not love it. And they may not love it. So we're not going to we're not going to step in. We're going to honor their decisions. So there's a time frame, but we it, the harder thing for us was not sort of really trusting them, mm -hmm. really going. It was their decision, and we didn't care. We honored it either way. Mm -hmm. So so I think you have to prep, and they respected that. They appreciated the fact that we were, you know, it was a growth. It was their decision and it was a growth. Right. So what, what kind of opportunities were they provided? Were they essentially a scrum master? They were scrum master. They was were there anybody coaching them along the so way? So they had How a coach along the way. They participated. We had a scrum coaching group internally. So they, they instantaneously, uh, we had a mailing list for scrum masters for, for collaboration. We had a group that met weekly for scrum masters. They were part of that. Um, I coached the scrum masters. They were part of that. I coached them individually. Mm -hmm. In the early stages, we would set up a mentor with them. Uh, we gave them a team, but they had someone who we reserved time. So we didn't want to sort of confuse teams with two scrum masters. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but what, what we wanted to do is declare Maureen, for example, that really senior scrum master. One of the aspects of really senior scrum mastery 
is having the ability to take a junior scrum master under your arm right. and, and not and sort of be able to mentor them mm-hmm. and still be able to sort of balance two teams. And she managed to, she actually did a great job of doing that. Right. Uh, cool. and, she, and she was effective with that. So that was sort of what, what we set up. We set up a, a strong mentoring. What we wanted to do is peel away so we wanted it to be a pull, not a push, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. We wanted them, so we, we wanted to give them as much autonomy as they could take. Uh, the other thing we did is we would, I would rotate around as a coach and observe sprint planning and things like that, and other scrum masters would do that. So we had a society of coaches, if you will. So there was coaching opportunities for that. Mm-hmm. And we would just pay attention to them, particularly in the beginning. But we, we weren't really heavy handed with it. Uh, the other thing, Josh, is I mean, any team member who operated, I, I'm pretty proud that we, our scrum masters did a good job, so so everyone had a good role model, if that makes sense. Like, anyone who, right, yeah. anyone who's on Richard's team, so I could take one of your team, your, one of your teams, and put them under one of these crappy scrum masters out in the world, mm-hmm. and they would, and what, what would they think of scrum? their view of Scrum would be whatever they're hearing and feeling from that Scrum Master. But right. if I took that same team and put it under Richard, let's say, they're going to get an entirely different experience. Mm-hmm. Well, not only do they get the experience, but they get a role model of, now they have a view of what is a Scrum Master. Well, they take that, they, I think they take that with them to some degree. So they have a, they have an example. Does that answer your question? It does, yeah. I, I, we, we've been toying with ideas of how you dip your toe in effectively so I was looking forward but to I think hear you, how you I guys think you give it, but I think you give them the job too and 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 then fill in so it's it's mentor it's mentor as as a request rather than a push right if they have a good now if if you hired a scrum master let's say you hired someone from outside and you didn't know then I would set up stronger mentoring believe it or not mm-hmm. so let's say I hired a mid-level scrum master but it was sight unseen I mean you can ask interview questions right but seeing their hand is very different. Yeah. Then we would be we would be a little bit more I don't know engaged, just until we get, gain confidence that you know that they were aligned with our principles and practices. Right. Uh, so the internals were actually better aligned sometimes. They really knew how we did things, like how we did sprint planning, for example, right. because they had been they would also arguably they'd been through it you know twelve times or twenty four times or something like that. I wanted to go back to to uh, to the. Uh, certification thing mm-hmm. so I what I said in this scrum master group is my preference is to not send someone uh, so those scrum masters we would rather mentor them for six months nine months maybe 12 months it the months weren't magical uh, but I didn't want to send someone to the certification class first ever yep. and bring them back I wanted them to have real world in the trenches chops in our environment and then at some point when they were looking to be certified, the credential became important to them. They were doing studying on their own. And right. they said, we, I have gaps. Then I honored it and I would send them to the best. We usually send people to Mike Cohn, for example. I think he's one of the best trainers. So not only would we honor, so we wouldn't send them initially. We would wait till they earned the cert, earned the opportunity. Uh, we would listen to them. And then we would send them to the best certification person we could find, uh, no matter what it cost. And I wanted to honor that, but not everyone asked for it. We didn't force it on them. Mm-hmm. So some of the scrum masters were were fine without it. The ones that wanted it, we 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 gave it to them. We we embraced that. Uh, we we looked at this cert as being slightly less important, the CSM, the certified scrum master, than real world chops, real world experience, and and uh, 
and excellence. Yeah. Right? Right. What do you think about I that? I agree completely. And we saw that one of our product owners took a similar path. So she operated as a product owner for probably six months and then went to training with Mike Cohn. Um, and she went with an agenda. Yeah. Right. So that, yeah. and she talked about how if she had gone when she first started being a PO, it would have all been like mind numbing, right? like all over her head. She wasn't sure. She was just swimming in the really deep end. Exactly. But she had the opportunity to work with her group for six months and really figure out what was working, what wasn't working, what am I not sure about, and then go and get really And then nail that yeah. from that. That's exactly, I didn't say that. But to go with your your personal, not just your company agenda, right. but with your personal learning agenda, and then take over the class in a positive way. Make make the class your own. Ask those questions. Because yeah. what I've found in the CERT, one problem with the CERT classes, it everyone is like a newbie. Everyone, it, everyone is so quiet, right? So they don't. Everyone is like doesn't know have a clue. Right. So if you have any chops whatsoever, you're sort of. You're, you're sort of lost in that thing. So right. so ask those questions, right? You, you ask those questions. It helps the newbies out, and it raises the level of the class, and yeah. it raises the level of your results. You know? Yeah, and that was like, I never thought of it like that, and she explained, I'm like, holy cow, that might be the smartest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. yeah. We would do that sort of regularly, and I didn't force people. The, thing, the other thing I found is I wanted someone, if someone said the cert is important to me because it's freaking important to me, Yeah. Then, then I would honor then that's that. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. That's a credential. I owe you a credential. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I can, if I have the budget for it, right? If it's within our sort of our our, you know, strategies, and it is, if we're going yeah. agile, well, then I I sort of owe you that, and we would try to do that. But we yeah. didn't we didn't lead with cert. We led with, not just experience. We led with results. We led with performance. Right. Uh, we wanted you. We wanted excellent scrum mastery. Yeah. It goes back to your point. Of, I don't want someone to just run a stand-up meeting. Yeah, exactly. I, I want this. Ex I want to sit back and go. I, the, the aha that I think you had of, what this is what a scrum master does. Right. Aha. If I pulled, if I pulled Richard, that's I'll pick. I hope he's not listening. Richard, don't get your let your head get big here, too big. <laughs> but, but you are great. But if I pulled him out, you would fight for him. Yeah. Right, and yeah. and and if he did leave, you would fight to get another <clears throat> one in here. Yeah. The the, the classic example for me was. We had sprint planning last week, and we had different people in each planning group kind of covering things. And we had four different plannings going. We have a big open space. We had four different plannings going on at the same time. Richard was not in any of them, but he was standing there just watching. Yep. Right. And I just turned around, and I got this big smile on my face. And I went up and said, Richard, this makes me happy. It makes me happy because I know you're here doing this. Right. And he was looking at everything, watching all of it happen, and figuring out what each group needed to get better. It's continuous improvement. Yeah. And, and so that's what people don't get. When I go to all these cheap people, it's like, you're being cheap, so, and then they're complaining. So these same people who are cheap are planning, uh, complaining about mediocre results, mm -hmm. scrum butt. What, and I'm like, well, you're getting exactly what you get. Right. You're cheap on the scrum master. Well, where do you get excellence? It comes from the team, but who who squeezes it out? Who squeezes the lemon into lemonade? Right. Metacasters, I'm full of this today. <laughs> I, I you can you can quote me on that. And that's the scrum master is making that in all seriousness. Yeah. But you have to you have to invest in them, and they have to have the time. Right. I. Oh, what was it at the uh, at the focus group with Richard? I asked how many scrum masters 
Like, how many teams did they have? Yeah. Did you hear that from Richard? Yeah, Richard explained, yeah. And there were like, what? Somebody had like eight teams, I think. Eight yeah. or ten teams. It was a very large number. S- shame on whoever that is out there. I hope I hope your management, managers of that group, it, this is in Raleigh-Durham, I don't know the company, but whoever it is, shame on you for doing that. Eight, eight, can you do the math on the scrum ceremonies and how much coaching time does that person have? Right, exactly. It's negative for, for God's sakes. It's yeah. not, oh, okay, and then, how, then, then ask the second question. How's that scrum thing working for you? It's not. Yeah. Okay. So I think the key thing, the key takeaway here is for You didn't leaders. like the lemonade quote? No, lemonade's good. I mean, okay. do you want a, a cookie? Oh. <laughs> good job. Uh, no, no, it's okay. I'm sorry. What were you saying, Should I have Josh? Fawned over your lemonade analogy? No, no. What were you? You could I can do that. Can you fawn over anything I say? Can, can we revisit the lemonade analogy, Bob? No, we, I would like to relive that moment in all its glory. Josh, you're entering the danger zone. <laughs> Josh, Ooh. move on, Josh. <laughs> what were you going to say, Joshua? This is not as much fun as what I was going to say now. What? I was going to dig back into the lemonade, but I don't want to anger the beast. No, no, don't anger Gosh. the beast. No, leave, leave the lemons alone. Uh, so the problem is not the scrum masters, right? The problem gets back, and you've talked, this is a common theme for you over the past year or so, is the leadership, the management. It's the leadership. It's the management. And I don't know what they're thinking. And it's not just... It goes back to what you and I were saying. I, I have these discussions. I mean, Josh, I, I don't hold back in the Metacast, or I try not to. I don't hold back in my in right. my coaching. I have these discussions with C, you know CTOs, CIOs, CEOs. It's it's like and and I explain it over and over again. And it's like it's an investment. You have to invest in this stuff. This is the basics of Scrum. Right. It's almost like I'm trying to be a scrum master. You know, you're not doing scrum. So before you, you know, bitch and complain about the results, could you try to do basic? Oh, they're like, oh, that's pretty advanced. Or you're being a purist. I'm not being a It's like what you're going to play football, but it's going to look like baseball. So, so what are you playing? Yeah. Right. You're not what, what, foot, you know, foot base, foot baseball or something, right? Who wants to watch that? No one's going to watch it. No one's going to pay tickets for it. No one's going to know what the hell you're doing start with the basics and they just don't want to do that right right they, they're cheap on the scrum master side they're cheap on the product owner side I we I see that all the time as well not quite as bad as the scrum master side yeah and they're cheap on just doing scrum well uh, which the scrum master role wraps right into that right mm-hmm. it's it's that dovetail of doing you know scrum well and then and then in empowering them and listening to them now I'm not pointing all the way up. I'm, I, there are scrum masters in the world that once you do get the cert, once you are a scrum master, maybe end the metacast this way. There is not all, all fingers point upward, Josh. Right. Right. If if I declare you to be a scrum master and you're inexperienced, but you read the books and you get a visceral sense for it, and I come in as a CEO and I want to poach your team, your job is to do what? Fight back. Yeah. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, whether you're courageous or not, whether you have the subtlety in speech or delivery or not, whether it's politically correct or not. I mean, mm-hmm. I would prefer that it was on the correct side of all of that. But damn it, your job, it's like writing code. What's your job when you're a developer? Right. Hopefully, write some code. As a scrum master, it's protect your team. Uh, as a scrum master, it's do scrum well. 
So part of that responsibility, it does fall to scrub masters. They may not even have the wherewithal to know it, mm -hmm. but damn it, then read, read some. And I think that's where a lot of, maybe it's the training, maybe it's the certification, I don't know what it is, is people get that very thin layer, right? It's like they get, like I'm gonna eat a baked potato, but I'm just gonna eat the skin, right? I'm not actually gonna get into the baked potato and eat it, like they just, Learned of I go to the cell. I'm I'm doing a Bob lemonade thing here. So <laughs> I I have this big baked potato in my head. Don't finish it. Finish it. I'm ready for the sour cream and the butter. <laughs> so it's all of these things that are that that folks don't know, right? Like I I myself didn't know. I should have known better. I right. was surrounded by people that knew. I had been places. Yeah. Learned things. Yeah. Studied things. But still, I hadn't seen it done well, so it was like I didn't know what I didn't know. So we've got to find a way to get those folks to really understand well, what the, the leaders, true depth is. The leaders need to. We need to have those Josh aha moments. The other thing is we need to start activating scrum masters. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't think the certs do that. I, I think the certs maybe help with that, but we need to start coaching and mentoring. Well, they clearly don't, right? If the consistent pattern is that they're doing the ceremonies, and well, that's it. And they even they even negotiate away from them. I mean, I see a lot of scrum masters. You and I were talking about this before the Metacast. Uh, and I don't even know who I don't know who to shake. It's uh, but a scrum, a newly minted scrum master will come back, and and the team will push back on the retrospective, and they'll just opt out. And they say, oh, okay, you know, I I agree with that. We're not going to do retrospectives anymore. And and I'm like, I my head wants to explode. Right. It's like you know, and the problem is they were doing them poorly, but they opt out. Right. Uh, or we have a distributed team in India, and we're not going to invite them to the daily stand-up anymore because it's really inconvenient. They don't like doing it anyway. So we'll get a text message from them in the morning, and I'll translate it. Yeah. And that's our connection. And my head wants to explode. It's like, where is that leading Scrum? Mm -hmm. Is that leading the team? Is that doing your team a service? Is that protecting your team? In this case, protecting them from themselves and then the organization and the answer is no right so we have this leadership dynamic that we're talking about right that's a really a big part of the problem but there's also this sort of i don't know how do we activate those suckers to to do their job mm -hmm. it would be like ha you know having a developer that doesn't write any code you would fire them right right they, they, they it would just be a red light that would be flashing well this is the same thing that's flashing with these scrum masters yeah but you're right it's a it's a more ambiguous job definition mm -hmm. Right, and there's there's not a like I mean, yeah. So I'm surprised that you were that you did. It took you so long to figure it out, right? Because you've been doing this agile stuff forever, yeah. Right. So if they, that can happen to you, I I can understand that that can yeah. happen to a lot of folks. Yeah. How do we? I don't even know how we fix that. Maybe this Metacast starts that path or something like that. Yeah. The only thing I think of is if we can go through and provide a clear definition and direction of what it is, how you operate effectively, the things you do, you think the, the same things we've done. The aha moments, yeah. right? Maybe we start describing, maybe that's, a, maybe that's something where you and I could take offline, you could write down some aha moments, I could write down some aha moments for Scrum Masters and we mm -hmm. could compare the notes. Maybe that's a, like what does excellent Scrum Mastery look like? Would that be a nice follow-up to yeah, this? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, maybe, maybe that's what we do, is we, we start looking at 
what do they and I'm not talking the bare bones stuff is not the interesting stuff facilitating a stand up mm -hmm. and then clearly that's yeah, like challenging those are, yeah those are table stakes right like yeah you, that's just yeah and we're yeah, not even yeah. doing those but those right. are table stakes and, and by not doing them we sort of get confused about what excellence looks like well yeah let's look at what excellence at least from your and my perspective yeah. what does excellence what makes us smile I like that yeah that, that little smile on our face if we see something happening cool did we get this, Josh? I think we did, sir. Metacasters, thank you for listening in. We appreciate it. We're looking for, We're looking for feedback. Uh, it's welcome. We're actually sending out to. We're sending out a sticker and a, a sticker book. and a book, signed book, a signed book from to the Bob Gaylord. Is it Zach? Vic. Vic. Vic at Agile Coffee. Vic, Vic at Agile Coffee. And what that says is, anyone, Vic gave us a suggestion and we addressed it in a metacast don't know how well Vic, Vic will be the judge of that <laughs> and uh, but uh, what we want is feedback we want reviews on iTunes and elsewhere they matter a lot we want your feedback on topics on subtopics on how we're doing virtually anything uh, suggested speakers to tag up yep anything you want us to talk about in the fall you and I are going to the agile conference we we're going to do remote so in November Ooh. we're doing remote metacasts so ideas if you have ideas for someone we could grab down there and do a, a three-way mm -hmm. we would be open to that <laughs> the head shake I know I know I can't I'm sorry <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> so how do they get a hold of us Josh uh, so you found us one way find us the same spot uh best communication mechanism for us is twitter bob was just giving me a hard time about working only in 140 characters because i know that's challenging for him but when you're trained to only get 140 characters of speech in a podcast that's how i talk <laughs> <laughs> and you do it very well sir I, well and most of those are just chuckles and laughs like this <laughs> Uh, you do have the mic now, Josh. I do. Oh, sorry. I'm I'm not used to it. I'm not used to being granted the privilege. <laughs> are you you just jabbing away, aren't you? I am. Yeah, you are. It's fun. So, uh, Twitter, our website, the comments. We have a subreddit out there, and we're out on just about any channel you can think of. And if we're not there, let us know, and we'll hop on and try and get our our voices out and help as many people as we can. Thank you for listening, everyone. And from beautiful downtown Cary, North Carolina, or close in proximity to downtown North Carolina, I'm Bob Galen. And I'm Josh Anderson. Shake and bake. Take care, y'all.